You're listening to the Media People Podcast, the show where we learn about the people who make up the media industry. We find out where they started, where they are now, and the stories in between. I'm your host, Victor Genova. For more episodes, go to soundcloud.com slash Podcast. Views expressed by participants are personal. In part two of our chat with Sonia Carino, president of the Interactive Advertising Bureau of Canada, we learn about her time at the DAC Group, working in digital media at the local level, and some of the topics she's looking to address during her tenure as president. If you haven't already, you can catch up on part one where Sonia discusses life growing up in Northern Ontario and Europe, her time at International Management Group, and what it was like to be part of digital media when the medium was just in its infancy. Um, I got a call from DAC Group, who was a, a, a Yellow Pages agency, and by Yellow Pages agency, I, it's easy to confuse um, the publisher from an agency, and they were an agency that coordinated national buys for dealers and franchisee networks across Canada and North America. So they had seven offices, uh, three of them in Canada, four of them in the U.S. And, uh, and so basically, uh, the complexity, just to give you an example, it, it's one thing for a Xerox, uh, Xerox national brand to advertise on a national level. But if they have 200,000 sales agents, with each one of them having their own territory, each one will, have to, will want to have a micromedia plan that is attached to their territory. And obviously tailored to their territory as well. Correct. Okay. And, and also that has a level of governance on territory. So, uh, so uh, you know, I was asked in, in that initial call, you know, do you think you can do something for us on, in the digital space? And, you know, just a few days earlier, you know, Google launched their AdWords program and I was like, oh yeah, hells yeah, I know exactly where local is going. And, uh, and you know, local search was going to be big and it was all going to be taken over by Google eventually, or at least in theory, that it was going to become a digital proposition, 100%. And so I, with that confidence, I, you know, with both feet, left modem and uh, started DAC Group Digital. Um, and, and that was really exciting and, and wonderful and a wonderful group of people there. And Norm Haggerty was the CEO at the time, so much energy and passion and really wanting to embrace the digital space. And, and that was really quite exciting. Was the opportunity to work on local again, uh, did that attract you to DAC Group? It did in a way, but only afterwards, because to be honest with you, much like anybody else that you talk to who hasn't had much exposure to the Yellow Pages business, it takes a really long time to really understand how it works. And so it's only a little bit later that I started to understand, oh my goodness, this is, it's feeling like all the pieces of the puzzle, again, have fallen into place for me. And, and that, uh, you know, the, the, I was really, it was a slow build, but I totally fell in love with the local space and with what it had to offer. And so this was when, you know, uh, it started with, yeah, Google local, but then there was, you know, Yelp and reviews that the notion of reviews, the, the notion of, uh, group leverage buying, like, like Groupons mm. and uh, Groupon was launching at the time. Like, so there was just, and Foursquare, um, social local, right? So it just, that whole space was so exciting, and yet it was very niched and, and small. So it felt, again, like it had the, the appeal that Moda Media did when I first started as well because it was almost like this little tiny um, subsector that I had an opportunity to grow with. When you look back at the five years you spent at the DAC Group, uh, how did it change from, say, day one to your last day at the company? 
Oh, it was incredible. So, so the first, you know, not only from an operational, like uh, operationally, I guess, you know, this, the idea of training seven offices on a new digital proposition and, and spearheading, you know, how we're going to go and package this and sell it. That was one thing, um, you know, but near the end, it started to become about efficiencies and, and protecting margins, right? So, you know, the Yellow Pages industry is based on driving efficiencies for very complex business propositions. And so what we needed to do is we needed to start focusing on how do you make mass micro-planning efficient. And so this was before platforms like Kenshu um, and Marin were invented. And, and, you know, how do you manage search media as well as Yellow Pages media as well as display media in a micro-planned environment? and get all these franchisees organized and, you know, how do you solicit them individually and how do you get them on board and then how do you manage thousands and thousands and thousands of plans and all of them wanting to have their own reports. And soft, it sounds like software development was a huge part of what you were doing there. Absolutely. So it was, it was you know, the, the, I spent a lot of my, my last year uh, in building, building out technology and, and, and working with consultants on, on you know, how do, we, how do we change the space. And it's funny because it's kind of foreshadowing what's happening now. If you look at a lot of the, the DSP companies that are out there, they started off in media, but now they're slowly branching into platform sales where they, I mean, you've seen media reps moving into software. And I don't want to jump too far ahead, but as the IAB uh, Canada president, do you kind of see that rolling up into or something that the IAB would possibly tackle in the coming years? Uh, anything to do in and around platforms or that wouldn't be mixed in there per se? Well, certainly one of the things that, that, um, that I'm focusing right now uh, on is the idea of education. And, and a big part of education, I think, is platform proficiency. And gone are the days where on your resume, you, you know, we used to be able to write, you know, I'm proficient in Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, and all this stuff. Well, you know, when you're in media, you, people are looking for platform proficiency, DSPs, the, the understanding of Kenshu, the understanding of, you know, exchange lab, any sort of a, 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 you know, known brand that manages media or that manages programmatic or that manages research, like a Comscore and Nielsen, like those guys, that has become the, the, the standard now. And so for the IAB, uh, for IAB Canada, at least platform proficiency is going to be something that you're going to see over the next couple of months rolling out, um, as an education, uh, priority. Before we jump fully into uh, your role at the IAB, I just want to close off with a couple of interesting things you had leading up to that. Uh, tell us a bit about your time at, say, Proximity. Oh, Proximity was awesome. So, again, Proximity reminded me so much of Modem Media just because we had all these like-minded digital natives in one building um, you know, after spending a lot of time educating non-digital people on the Yellow Pages side to be back in a, in a native digital environment was so wonderful. And the relationships were, were just amazing. Um, and the, the, the idea of working from a, from a media perspective to a brand strategy perspective, that was also really interesting because uh, if you ask somebody in the, in the agency world, what does a digital strategist do? Um, you know, from a media planning perspective, I think it's a lot easier to define that role. But when you, when it comes to brand, it's very difficult. And so, you know, when you have a, a, a global advertiser saying, I need a digital strategy, well, what does that mean? What does it encompass? That's because very ambiguous. It's very ambiguous. And, and so, so you can imagine the absolute amazing opportunities the role brought 
and the absolute frustration it did, right? Because it's like, you know, you're, you're going, you, you go macro uh, at one point and then you go micro, you know, the next minute. Um, proximity, you know, some of, some of the amazing work there was all about having, helping, helping clients find their buoyancy in the social space and helping them find their personalities, their tones. What do they get to talk about? Building out content strategies, all of that sort of stuff. And I think that that was sorely lacking in the industry. There was not one specific agency or service that was doing that properly. And so for me, it was a great pleasure to, to help clients in that way. At the DC, DAC group, it sounds like you spent those five years really as teacher. When you went to proximity, would you say that it was kind of a hybrid model where uh, you were learning from other people around you, learning what your clients needed, but also being teacher and saying, okay, this is what I've learned from you, and this is what we're going to teach you back and how we can leverage that? Yeah, I think that, that a theme has been teaching, and I, I think that's probably one of the things that keep me very happy in this space. Um, I, you know, from a from a from a media perspective, also just from my personality, I'm a very structured thinker. So I really like boxes, and I like organizing thoughts and um, and putting them in a way, categorizing them almost in a way that is measurable. So I really like to attach results, you know, cause and effect to everything that I do. And so when I started working at Proximity, it became very clear to me that uh, all of the information that I had learned on the digital side when it came to analytics and measurement and, and ad serving, all of those things were so critical in when you were, uh, you know, when you're putting together a brand strategy and a content strategy, how do you evaluate what's working for you and, and what's not working for you? How do you keep it tight? How do you pick your KPIs? How do you, how do you do all of that when it comes to content? Because it used to be kind of a loosey goosey craft where people would just sort of be like, okay, well, just throw this out there. Uh, that doesn't work. Maybe it's just our tone. I don't know. You know, so people weren't really looking at it from a from an overarching structure. Here's your go forward plan, and um, and he, this is how the channels work. I think people were approaching social media as sort of a checkbox. What's our what's our Facebook strategy? What's our you know LinkedIn strategy? Whatever it is, I know what you're of, saying. Yeah, like well, yeah. with Facebook too, it's one of the things that I've noticed with people. They'll start a Facebook page because someone in marketing said you have to have one. You go to it and they post once every three months. They don't interact with people. They're not actually getting the value out of it. So you came in there and said, this is how we're going to make it work. It either works or it doesn't. We're just not going to do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, and also just starting from the content, right? Content, you know, used to be king, but now it's the whole chessboard, <laughs> if you will, right? So it's like, you know, the, the, if, you, if you have something to say... You, you have to say it, and, and it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what channel you use. You, ha- you should probably use the channel that's most appropriate to conveying the message that you want to convey. And if that's in Instagram because you've got a really great visual or a photograph that says it all better than, you know, a video or better than, a, you know, and I, I've seen a couple of pictures lately on social media that just – are perfect. Like they're just so perfect. They say everything. It's, it's the whole, you know, um, some e-cards, right? The, mm-hmm. you know, those, those like one liners or the one, you know, one phrase can sometimes say so much for a brand. And I think that oftentimes, uh, we overthink it as marketers. Is it difficult though? I've never been agency side, but is it difficult for you to go back to a client and say, what you want to do isn't what you should be doing? Do they take that very well? No, it's, it, I think that, you know, I would never use that approach. What I would do is I would go back and say, you know, 
what you're doing is, you know, is what you're doing. And here's, here's an idea or here's a way of thinking about it. And I would always start at the beginning for them. And so I would always start at the kernel of their existence and, and, you know, here's what you do for a living. Here's why, here's your audience. Here's a whole analysis. Now let's start talking about what things do you get to talk about based on that? So it's almost like taking them through their own narrative so that eventually when you get to the end of the, the recommendation, they're all sitting there going, that makes sense. I now feel like the, the dots are connected. Um, whereas, you know, they're kind of throwing darts in the dark if they don't have the full picture showing them why they've taken a certain approach or why they're posting certain things. Gotcha. And it's a natural progression almost that because you love teaching so much and it's always been ingrained in what you're doing that uh, you'd move on and become the IAB Canada president. And you've been president for, we just spoke about three months, you'd say? It's actually two, like two, two months. Two, two months? months? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, let's start from the beginning about that. What made you want to join the IAB as president or when the opening, uh, when you saw the opening jump for it? Um, actually, I didn't necessarily jump for it at the beginning. So, I have no clue how yeah. the IB picks their president. So if you want to drop a little bit of knowledge there, well, that's I perfect. Well, I it, it was a long process. Uh, so I think, you know, the IAB was president-less for, for six months. Um, I was first approached in December, and I remember being on vacation in Mexico and, uh, and thinking to myself, I don't know whether that's the right thing for me to do right now. Um, and then I just, uh, I, I, I just kind of let it go away. Um, I, you know, I was, I was very busy at Performix. I thought that I was doing um, a lot of really good stuff there and, and that I was kind of moving the needle there um, and felt that there was a lot left to be done. Um, then I was approached again in March. And it was, it, I just suddenly was overcome with this feeling of like, whoa, okay, maybe I should look at it. Like if, if nobody's taken it, I thought that this job would be filled almost immediately. And so nobody had taken it by March or it hadn't been filled. They couldn't find the right fit. Um, so I started talking to people and I, I think that, you know, I'll tell you that even in the first meeting that I had, I was talking to people that I had, that I had known since 1997 and it was kind of like reuniting with the original brigade of people that actually started this whole thing right so you know people that had been part of the IAB since its inception which I was you know involved back then as well going to all the you know meetings and council stuff and you know so so it was almost like a reunion and I felt like it was a bit of a coming home in a way um, and, and I, so I, the more I talked to people and the more I reconnected with, uh, with these individuals, the more I started to have more and more passion. And I realized that over the years, I've really seen, um, some of the sparkle disappear from the industry and not that I'm, I'm not commenting on the IAB. I'm, I'm just talking about the industry in general. I think it's, it's just become, uh, a little bit of a, of an entitled industry, and, and people have just kind of lost the magic of, you know, the, the coolness of it and, uh, and the, the, the amazing opportunities and, and the, the startup feel and the energy that used to exist 
when we would throw events and when we would go to, um, you know, seminars and, and things like that, you know, the people were leaning forward, asking questions, standing at the mic all the time, trying to find out, but how do we crack this? And, you know, this is a real problem. And, and just coming together, there was just so much more energy. And I've noticed that over the years, it's kind of zapped. And maybe that's because of the fact that, you know, the industry has grown. Uh, technology has really, you know, done a great job of, of sort of adapting uh, everybody and, and, you know, taking away some of the questions that we may have had in the past. Um, but I think that, that, you know, that's part of the part of what kept me up at night and during the whole, you know, interviewing process was, can I revitalize this? Can I? And, and, you know, I, I, I was looking forward to that. So outside of injecting so much more enthusiasm back into digital, is there any other, uh, when you look back at your tenure as president, is there anything else that you want to accomplish, say, from a research perspective? Because we know the IAB is heavily rooted in research. Absolutely. I think there's a major shortage of Canadian research um, available to us. I think that we rely on the big players, and I won't mention who they are, but but it's it, it's become almost like a, a, a publisher-led uh, initiative, you know, our Canadian research, and, and that needs to go away. Like, I think what, what we need to do is we need to start commissioning more. Uh, I'd like to see more marketers uh, sponsoring custom research programs. I'd like to see some of the amazing startups that we have in the in in Canada, across Canada, not just Toronto. Um, you know, I've met some people, you know, close to Barrie that have an incredible tool that's all about, you know, measuring the online channel or measure, measuring the owned channel. Um, I'd like to see smaller players get together and start pulling pulling together amazing Canadian research to give back to the industry. And I think that we just need to invest in it and we need to, um, you know, become a little bit more inclusive in, in the way that we approach research. Uh, outside of research, there was one event that happened about two weeks ago that was kind of outside of anything I've ever seen. And I've been going to IAB events for the last five years. Anything that's that's been outside of the IAB, I'd have to go back to the time my time being a NABS ambassador and going to speed mentoring. And it was the uh, Business of Digital seminar that you had. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, where that idea came from. And actually, just in case anyone listening to this didn't go to it, uh, tell us a little bit about what it was. Sure. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I am so excited about this series. So the business of digital, so one of the things that, um, that or one of the things, another, you know, mandate and, and a, a method uh, that I'm going to try to use to galvanize the industry is through um, creating these events that are hyper-specific to uh, subject matter that we all face in the digital space. And so whether these are obstacles or opportunities doesn't matter, but I would like to spend some time actually unpacking a subject so that people walk away feeling like they've had some education, they've had a chance to vent, they've had a chance to look at this from all angles, and also um, they've had a chance to, to connect with possibly new members of the community about subjects that they probably would never have reached out to or they wouldn't have met otherwise. So the business of digital... It's going to be uh, a series of events like the one that happened last week or two weeks ago called the Currency of Talent. The Currency of Talent was all about this uh, this dilemma that we're faced with where, um, you know, essentially the business models are breaking as a result of the changes in, in talent that are required in the digital space. And so the intense amount of training, the different skill sets, the, um, the shortage of talent – 
um, and, and, you know, the difficulty in retaining it and attracting it, that has caused a huge problem for, uh, for not only agencies, but also for publishers. And so uh, we spent the day unpacking the issue and talking uh, about, uh, you know, how to retain, how to attract from industry leaders found some really great insights, you know, kind of myth-busted a little bit because everybody's so hard on the, uh, the millennials. And, uh, and it was nice to hear, you know, uh, Bruce Powell from IQ Partners really dispel that myth. And, and he just... gave, a, gave a great speech, a presentation, and the fact that he was putting up verbatim from actual people he had spoken to or tried to recruit was great. Hearing that stuff, like I heard myself as I read them, I go, that's stuff I've said out loud. And when you, when you don't talk to anyone else about it, I kind of find you think it's only unique to you. So coming to that, I felt that, okay, this is an industry issue. I'm not alone in it. And that's the point of the series. So, so I think that, um, you know, the, the, the topics that we're selecting are the topics that we're going to be talking about are the topics that we know are being talked about within the agencies or within the marketing community, but not out loud. And, and there, there are conversations that need to happen. Like, we need to conver- have a conversation around this so that there's a fuller perspective out there. You know, we need marketers to understand that it's much harder these days to attract and retain talent. Uh, Veronica Holmes brought, brought up this amazing point where it's like, you bring in juniors because that's, you know, because of the downward pressure on the CPM, that's all we can afford right now. So we bring in juniors, we train them, they're perfect within six months, and they're 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 perfect for somebody else to take on, and so then they're they're um, they're recruited out of those agencies. So it's 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 a it's a big issue. It's a you know, and the role of uh, employers, you know, as trainers is also a big issue. And so you know, all of this information gets fed into the bigger uh, platform for the for IAB Canada to address. You know, the, I walked away from from the currency of talent last or two weeks ago, uh, really you know, reaffirming my commitment towards education and, and holding the, the community colleges and universities, you know, responsible for, uh, for creating curriculums that can alleviate this from our industry. And so, so those, those topics, not only are they important from a, from a ground level, as you mentioned, where you're feeling like you're part of the conversation now, um, but also in terms of action and making things, you know, making things better and taking away obstacles. Sorry, so just one follow-up on that then. When can we expect the next seminar if it's going to be a series? Yeah, so the next seminar, we wanted to be careful not to, you know, do it obviously during the summer holidays. And, and it's, you know, it's the, we're in the thick of July right now. Yep. So, um, so it looks like it'll be a back-to-school uh, kind of event, and, uh, and we'll be announcing the next topic shortly. Perfect. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, you've given me so much to work with today. I really appreciate it. I'm going to close with the same question we ask everyone. Uh, if you weren't in digital, what would you be doing and why? Oh, that's a good or, question. Or sorry, if you weren't in media, what would you be doing and why? Yeah, so uh, if, I was, if I was doing anything else, so, uh, you know, I have been very fortunate to have pursued uh, my own interests in a professional way, if that makes any sense. So, A, being an entrepreneur and keeping up my, my own business on the side, Passage Communications, um, it's kind of changed to more of a consultative practice for, for health. And, uh, and I teach yoga on the weekends um, every Sunday, and I also um, consult on a nutritional health basis. So, so uh, you know, I am, I am kind of living the dream right now. I'm doing exactly what I love from nine to five, well, 
who's kidding him? Like, you know, <laughs> this 70, isn't a nine to five yeah, industry. Yeah, no, 70 hours of the week I'm doing, you know, digital, but then on the weekends and when I have other time, I'm kind of gearing myself up for what I will be doing. Um, when, you know, if the day comes that I don't do digital anymore, that I don't do interactive, um, then I'll be, I'll be doing more of a naturopathic calling like yoga and naturopathic meditation, all that sort of stuff. That's what I'd be doing. Sonia, thanks for your time. Well, thank you for yours. Thanks for listening to today's show. For more episodes, go to soundcloud.com slash media people podcast and follow me on Twitter at Vic Genova.